Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. Over the last couple of weeks, we have been looking at this precious topic of consecrate yourself in the book of Joshua, chapter 3 and verse 5. We've been sensing in our heart this is a word for the season that God is just bringing in. But God is calling this church to consecrate itself into a place of holiness, into obedience, because of a very, very precious thing that God wants to do in our lives. Last week we saw how when we consecrate ourselves to God, God brings such consecrated people into a place of covenant. When we walk with God in covenant, there are conflicts that the enemy brings against us. But after those conflicts, God steps into those circumstances, environments, and God begins to lead us into a place of great victory. I believe God wants to lead you and me into a place of great victory. Every time we saw that there was a mess, God has always looked for a man or woman that is consecrated unto God so that God can use that person to reset something in a mighty way. The Bible says that there have been many resets in the Bible. But the Bible says that there is this one great eternal reset that God is going to be doing. And for that great eternal reset, God has found his own son, Jesus Christ, the, our Lord and Savior. He is the great reset. That He's the person that's going to be doing this great reset in our life. And it is my prayer as God is preparing in this season, even as he is doing a great reset, along with him, God wants us to consecrate our lives so that we might be mightily used for the master. Before Jesus went, Jesus said something very powerful. He said in Revelation chapter 22 and verse 12, Jesus said, Behold, I come quickly. When Jesus said, Behold, I am coming quickly, he has left a prophetic word, which is part of a great reset that God is planning. In the New Testament, we've always known that Jesus is coming back. The church has looked forward to his coming and people all around have been waiting and look for, looking forward to his coming. And when we look at the words that are used about Jesus' return, there are three specific words used in the Greek to express the word, the expression of the coming of the Lord. The first word that is used in the Greek to understand the coming of the Lord is a word called epiphenia. Epiphenia is the Greek word that expresses the word appearing, where it means to appear and to make oneself presented and appearing. This is used five times in the Bible about the return of Christ, that he is going to appear. He's going to appear. Another word that is used in the Greek in the Bible for the word of the return of the Lord is a word called elusis. Now elusis means the coming of the Lord, where God is coming. Now this word is talking about a return, where he's going to come. But yet it does not parallel a third and a very powerful meaning in God's word. A third word that is used in the Bible for Jesus' return is a word called perusia. Now perusia, it means the arrival or coming or the presence of God. It's a very interesting word. Out of the 24 times in the New Testament, this word 17 times is used to express the return or the coming of the Lord Jesus. When you study this word in the Greek, the word parousia is not just appearance or just coming. It's a much more powerful word. It is used 
to express or describe the visit of a king or a dignitary to a city, to a visit arranged to manifest or to demonstrate how the greatness of the king that is coming to that city. So when the Bible says there's going to be a return of Jesus Christ, it is a return of a king to a place where his ecclesia, his governing council has been ruling, where the king is coming to demonstrate his greatness and manifest his great glory, where his people have been proclaiming him. Now he's coming to manifest the great glory of the king. The word parousia is far more deeper and powerful than the word elusis because elusis means coming. Well, parousia has a meaning where it's not coming just for a moment, but where the king is coming for a period of time. Now that is very interesting or very, very amazing when you study that word parousia because parousia is unique and distinct from any other word that has been used about Jesus coming. And I want you to know Jesus is coming again. When the Bible says, behold, I'm coming quickly. Jesus is, has pronounced or has announced to the world and announced to the church that he's not gone forever. This is not over. He's not gone to a once and no return. He's gone so that he can come back again. The first time he came, he came for the lost. The next time that Jesus is coming, he's coming to take his bride and he's coming to take the people of God that believe in him back to him. Jesus said in Revelation 22, 12, behold, I'm coming quickly. So the Bible is proclaiming. He's saying, behold means look, take a look. I'm coming quickly. I'm going to come without much delay, says the Lord. So when we study the scripture about the coming of the Lord, what does the Bible say Jesus is coming for? Or who is he coming for? The two things that I want to ask today, who is Jesus coming for? The first thing we see in the Bible, that Jesus is coming for his church, the bride. Jesus coming for his church, 1 Thessalonians and chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. The Bible says, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will first rise. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and we shall always be with the Lord. What a wonderful demonstration about you know the rapture the bible is saying that it's there's going to be a great shout from the heavens and then the archangel is going to sound a trumpet and the dead in christ will rise what a great day when everybody that has died in christ will rise again from the dead and we who are alive and remaining with them we will also be caught up with the dead in christ and every one of us shall meet him in the air and from that day onwards, we shall always be with the Lord. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50 to 52 says like this. Now I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery, for we shall not sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, 
at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead raised imperishable and we will all be changed. For this perishable, this perishable must put on the imperishable and the mortal must put on the immortal. The Bible talks about his second coming. It talks about a trumpet sounding, the angels sounding the trumpet. And at that trumpet sound, even the dead will hear his voice and they shall be resurrected on that beautiful day. And the Bible is saying, we shall be caught up with him and we shall be with him forever and ever and ever. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 28, also the Bible says, Also Christ, having been offered once for the sins of many, will appear a second time for salvation without reference to sin for those who eagerly await him. So the first reason why Jesus is coming, he is coming for the church. He's coming for you and me, saints. He's coming to take every one of us that are eagerly waiting for him. He's coming to take us back. The second reason he's coming, he's coming for Israel. He's coming for the land, for the people of the kingdom of Israel. The Bible says that, that this return is going to be specifically that he can fight the battles for the people of Israel, that he can take them back so that he can be with them. This return of the Lord is going to be very, very dramatic. And this is called the second coming of the Lord. Luke 21 verse 25 to 28, the Bible says there's going to be great shakings in the heaven and in the earth. And the Bible says that the, the that you'll see signs in the heavens and the earth. And I'll talk about that in a little bit. But he is coming for the land of Israel. But the reason he's coming back is to take the kingdoms of the earth and make them the kingdoms of God. And he will rule and reign. Revelation chapter 11, 15 says, And the seventh angel sounded, and there was a loud voice in heaven saying, The kingdoms of the world has become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever and ever. He's going to rule and reign, and no kingdom on earth will be remaining that does not become the kingdom of the Lord. Jesus is coming back so that he can reign forever and ever. So when we study the return of the Lord, he's coming back to bring about a great reset. He's coming back to bring about a consummation of the age, the end of everything, every ungodliness, every rebellion, every wickedness, every conceivable sin of man that man has been doing. God is going to bring an end to it and he's going to bring the reign of heaven back on earth. He prayed a prayer. He said, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I believe God is coming to bring and establish his kingdom rule and reign here on earth. And then this, the Bible talks about some amazing things that are lined up. Let me show you some of the things that the Bible says that are lined up. So what are some of the things that actually, what is the run up of the events that are running up to what we see? The Bible says that in the end times, that we're living in the end times, and in the end times, there are going to be signs of the end times. Let's look at what are some of the signs of the end times. To study the signs of the end times, we really need to look to the Gospel of Matthew and chapter 24. And there we're going to look at it in a little detail. The Bible says that in the end times, one of the first things when Jesus returns is going to come in his appearing. Remember, there's a difference between appearing and parousia. There's going to be an appearing, a coming of the Lord, where he's going to come and take the church and go away. But there's also going to be a parousia where he's going to come 
and he's going to be there for a season. That is why when you study the word of God, many people are confused between his appearing and his coming to rule and reign. People are confused because they don't have a clarity about this appearance of the Lord and the rule of the Lord. The Bible says that, that when Jesus appears, that the first thing we're going to see is there's going to be a rapture. In the rapture, at the appearing of Jesus Christ, the Bible says that Jesus is going to come from the heavens and those that have put their faith in him, they will be caught up with him in the clouds. This is one of the things that are going to happen at the end times. So when we look at the end times, let's look at some more detail uh, to understand the different aspects of the end times from the word of God. Now in Matthew's gospel chapter 24, the Bible says there are certain signs of the end times. For example, if you look at Matthew's gospel 24 and verse 1, the Bible says, and now Jesus came out from the temple and was going away. And when his disciples came up to the point of the buildings, they looked at him and, and he said to them, do you see all these things? Truly I say to you, not one stone here will be left upon another, which will not be torn down. One of the first things that Jesus begins to explain a storyline from the time around the time of Jesus till the time of the great white throne judgment and the new heaven and the new earth, Jesus begins to explain a storyline. And the first thing that Jesus begins to say is that days are coming when the temple in Jerusalem which the people, the Jewish people, they looked to, they prided in. Jesus said, not one stone is going to remain upon another. That was one of the first signs that the Bible talked about in, in, in the last days. What was going to happen as a, as a series of events that Jesus was saying is going to build up. Matthew 24 and verse 3, the Bible says, as he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately and said, Tell us, when will this happen? They want to know, when is this going to happen? And what will be the sign of your coming uh, and of the end of age? You know, Jesus, when he gave this, he was saying, this is one of the signs that as things as the storyline begins to revolve. Jesus says that not only will the temple be broken down and not one stone will remain upon another. He says the next thing that will happen is that many antichrists are going to come and they're going to deceive many people. So from the early times, one of the first thing is that the, the because of Israel's disobedience, the temple was going to be destroyed by, and it happened in AD 70. It happened when uh, Babylon came and attacked uh, Israel and destroyed the temple. The prophetic word of Jesus Christ began to happen one by one. Today, even in our lives, we're seeing the unfolding of scripture. Either the time frames may be small or the time frames may be long, but God's word is beginning to unfold. The Bible says in Matthew 24 and verse 4, Jesus said, see to that no one misleads you, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and mislead many. Jesus was saying one of the things that's going to happen in the last days is that many will be misled. Many will walk away from the faith. Many will be misled. And God is challenging and encouraging the disciples that God wanted them to watch over their faith. The third thing that the Bible says in Matthew's Gospel 24, 6, after the, the fact that many will come to deceive, the Bible says then there are going to be wars and rumors of wars. Matthew 24, 6 says, you'll be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened for those things must take place. But that is not the end. For nation will rise against nation, 
kingdom against kingdom, and in various places there will be famines and earthquakes, but all these things are merely the beginning of birth pangs. Hallelujah. Listen to me. It talks about wars, rumors of wars, and then it says there are going to be famines and earthquakes. If you study back in history, in recorded history, you find out the number of uh, earthquakes and famines have just begun to grow exponentially. Even wars, there were wars were just between two neighboring or feuding tribes or feuding nations. But slowly in the last century, we saw for the first time the first world war and the second world war. The wars begin to increase. Famines, unprecedented kind of famines. Uh, you know, floods happening where it's been pouring and rains. Uh, floods begin to rise. And in other parts of the world, on one side where there are floods, in another part of the world, there's just total drought and famine and and this has been unprecedented. So what the Bible has been prophesying in these days has been beginning to come to pass one by one. But this is what you need to watch out for. The Bible says these are merely the beginning of birth pangs. What are birth pangs? Birth pangs are some contractions that begin to happen uh, on a pregnant woman's womb. Now birth pangs can happen at the time of birth. Birth pangs can also happen from around the fifth, sixth month, where it's called false labor or false pain, some kind of muscular contractions on the uterus. And Jesus was saying, when you see wars, famines, you know, rumors of wars, earthquakes beginning to increase, and then deceptive teaching coming in and all kinds, just look in the internet today, the amount of deceptive teaching, you have to really be careful as you're going through scripture to begin to begin to understand more and more the kind of deceptive uh, teaching that is going on. And the Bible uh, says that in the last days this is going to come. So we see one by one things happening. The temple is destroyed, mis uh, deceptive teaching coming, wars, rumors of wars, famines, earthquakes, all begin to increase. And Jesus says when these happen, know that it is not yet time. So when around the world people are saying, well, the end time signs are end time signs. I want you to know end time, end time is not a moment appearing. End time is parousia. It has to do with a season, a period. It has to do with, a, with an extended period of time where many things begin to unfold. Some things earlier on that are spoken prophetically may unfold slowly, but some things towards the end may unfold even more faster. So after wars and rumors of wars and famines and earthquakes come in, the Bible says the next thing in Matthew 24 and verse 9, the Bible says that the that and they will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you for you will be hated by all nations because of me. You can, there's going to come a time where nations together are going to agree that they do not want to put up with this gospel of Jesus Christ. They're all going to come together. Till now, probably many nations are saying religion is fine. It's okay. You can worship whichever God you want. But days are coming. Nations are going to come and say that, you know, I'm not going to put up with this thing. The Bible says, and they will kill you. And you'll be hated by all nations because of my name. At that time, many will fall away. Or look at the signs of the end times. Nations will begin to hurt one another. There's going to be a global opposition to the gospel. So they may come about and say that this is not what we want to hear. Their legal systems might come to a place where they say what you're teaching or preaching is maybe not right or, or, or troubling people. Because the gospel on one side 
has to include the message of repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Another thing that will happen, Matthew's gospel chapter 24 and verse 10, after when it comes to a time where there's a global opposition to the gospel, the Bible says many will fall away from the faith. You can just imagine many falling away from the faith. That's what Matthew 24, 10 says. At that time, many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And this is also going to be one of the signs of the last days that many believers are going to walk away from the faith. Just look around. Off late, we've been hearing pastors of mega churches saying, I used to believe, but now I don't believe. I used to follow Jesus, but now I don't follow Jesus. This is one of the signs of the end times. This is prophesied by Jesus. Then the Bible says, not only will many fall away, even the elect will be deceived. That's what it says in Matthew's gospel 24 and verse 11. Many false prophets will arise and mislead many. Which means in the last days, many preachers in the church, they will come, they will be prophetic, but they will be false prophets. They will be drawing of familiar spirits. They will not be prophesying from the Holy Spirit. They'll be prophesying from demonic familiar spirits. The Bible says many of them will come, they will preach and they will arise. Many will go after them and they will mislead many. Do you know people that are being false prophets or are you a false prophet that is listening to me today? Maybe you're listening in some part of the world listening to me. The Lord is saying repent and do not mislead people. There are people that are coming and teaching all kinds of lies, uh, you know, misleading, deceptive teachings. Another thing the Bible says, because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will grow cold. Towards the last days, a majority of the population their love is going to begin to grow cold. Their love for Jesus is just going to go away. They're not going to love Jesus the way the yesteryears, the churches loved God. Many, many churches emptying out. Many, many places where villages used to gather for worship. Towns used to gather for worship. Cities or nations had huge populations of believers. Now the number of believers have decreased because the Bible says in the last days, one of the signs is that most people, their love is going to grow cold. Another sign that the Bible says, even as their love is going to grow cold, something very powerful is going to happen. The Bible says, he's, the Bible in Matthew 24, 13 is saying, but the one who endures till the end shall be saved. Hallelujah. Salvation, Jesus goes on to say, is not just about praying the sinner's prayer. Salvation, according to Matthew 24, 12, is he who endures till the end shall be saved. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is encouraging you and me, endure till the end. Don't backslide, don't fall away. Many, many people are going to backslide in the last days. But at the same time, another sign of the end days, something powerful, hallelujah, Matthew's gospel 24 and verse 14, the Bible says, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come powerful hallelujah what is this air the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to the whole world every nation will hear the gospel every tribe every tongue the gospel will reach their nations and it will be an exciting time because this gospel shall be preached to every nation and then the end will come now what is the end if you look listen carefully to this explanation if the famines, wars, rumors of wars, temple being broken down until all of this was, you know, close to 1,500, 2,000 years of this. But the Bible says 
that when you see something beginning to happen, you will know that the end is coming, which means the birth pangs are beginning to come to a close. And from then on, the real labor pain or the real pain and turmoil and before the baby is birthed, before the baby moves on to a new life from inside the womb, a new life outside, there begins to be a travailing and there has, there's a pain and there is persecution and problems and all that begins to happen to the church of the living God. So the Bible says at this point, you will know that the end has begun. What is this point? Maybe 2000 years of wars, rumors of wars, famines and all that. But this point, the Bible says, is a turning point. Therefore, verse 15, the Bible says, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, which was spoken through Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. Then those who are in Judea must flee to the mountains. What is the Bible saying? The Bible is saying this is a key sign of the beginning of the end time that the abomination of desolation which is spoken to prophet Daniel what is the abomination of desolation that is spoken to prophet Daniel the Bible says this is the beginning of the tribulation for it says in verse uh, in the book of Daniel it says how the Antichrist is going to be revealed and he is going to go into the temple of Israel and he's going to seat himself on the temple and he is going to rule from there and he is going to oppose the Christian faith. He is going to oppose anything. The Antichrist rule is going to begin and that is a 70 week period that Daniel begins to prophesy about and talk about where he says that abomination of desolation is going to come. And even though this has happened in history before, what is going to happen is going to be unprecedented, like it's never happened before. Before this, something mighty is going to happen. There's going to be the rapture of the saints. Now, some people believe in the pre-tribulation rapture. The abomination of desolation is the opening or the beginning of the tribulation. Some people believe that the church is going to be taken up before the tribulation sets in. Some people believe in a mid-tribulation rapture, that is during the tribulation period, the church will go through some amount of tribulation and then Jesus will come between the tribulation and take the church away. And some people believe in the post-tribulation rapture. They say it is only after the tribulation that Jesus is coming back to take his church. Now, different people have different opinions and different views about it. But either way, I want you to know, you can search the scriptures and see what it says. But the Bible says there is surely going to be a tribulation once the abomination of desolation begins and this is the antichrist rule coming in place you see why am i sharing this because jesus is giving us a timetable of a reset when you see all these things happening know that jesus is working on a reset you and i are living in unprecedented times hallelujah i am so excited when i think about this i am so blessed when i think about it and i really believe god is going to turn things around because there's going to be a very interesting thing. There's going to be the, the rapture of the saints and we're going to be with the Lord. So it is at this time when we know the tribulation begins to come to an end that, that everybody, so many have been persecuted, so many have died, so many people. In fact, the Bible says that, uh, that many believers actually will turn to God. Many unbelievers will turn to God even in the midst 
of the tribulation. Many will be saved and many will give their lives to God. Many will stand for the Lord. Well, and, and in the book of Revelations, the Bible says that those people are also going to be gathered into heaven. It is at this time that the Bible says when the tribulation is coming to an end and that that's when Jesus is going to come back in his parousia. He comes back in his parousia to come back and he lands on Mount Olives and he comes there and comes to rule and reign and begins to fight on behalf of Israel and that prepares the ground. The nations of the earth will come together against Israel and Jesus will fight on behalf of Israel against the nations of the world and there will be a mighty great victory. This is a time when Armageddon, the battle of Armageddon begins to happen after the great tribulation and the second coming. After that, this great battle of Armageddon with the nations of the world will come together. And then the Bible says, after Jesus has won the victory and he's judged the nations, the Bible says after that, he will begin his thousand year millennial rule. He's going to rule for a thousand years. He's going to come with an army of his saints and he's going to rule for a thousand years. What an exciting time the Bible is talking about. The second coming of Jesus Christ is going to be so power packed. It's going to be so exciting. It's going to be full of God's glories, even though it's wars and even though it's all of that, it's going to be a destroying of the works of the enemy. It's an establishing of the kingdom of God. Now, Matthew's gospel 24, 27 says, how is Jesus' second coming going to be when he comes to even to, you know, to come in the second coming? For just as lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the Son of Man be. That's one of the things it says. It'll be in a flash of a moment. His appearing, he will come and he will take the saints to go with him. Also, his parousia will be coming. He will come in power and might. Matthew 24, it goes on to verse 29 onwards. The Bible says, immediately after the tribulation, in those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give us light and the stars will fall from the sky and the powers of heaven will be shaken. Wow, sun will be darkened, moon will not give its light, stars will fall from the heavens, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. These signs are going to happen. You know when this is happening, the Son of Man is coming soon. Hallelujah. Then it goes on to say in verse 30, when these things happen, and the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky. You know, it blew my mind when I thought about this. Because when Jesus appeared, came the first time as a savior of the world, a sign came in the skies, a star that pointed about his coming. When Jesus is coming back a second time, there's also going to be a sign in the heavens. That's what verse 30 of Matthew 24 says. And then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky. And when all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. It's going to be such an exciting time. And all the nations of the world, when they see him coming in his glory, they will be mourning, crying for, for, you know, for not being able to have received Jesus. They will be trembling with fear. And verse 31 says, and he will send forth his angels with a great trumpet and they will gather together the elect from the four winds and one from one end of the sky to the other. What a glorious moment it's going to be. It's going to be a glorious moment. The rapture is going to be a glorious moment. The second coming of Jesus when he comes to Israel to fight on behalf of Israel is going to be a glorious moment. 
And then the Bible goes on to say something very interesting. Matthew 24 and verse 32. The Bible says in Matthew 24, 32. Now learn the parable of the fig tree. When its branches has already become tender and puts forth its leaves. You know that the summer is near. Jesus was saying a parable. When the, when the fig leaves are beginning to become tender, you know the summer is near. So you too, when you see these things, these things, recognize that he is near right at the door. When you see these things, what is that? The fig tree is symbolic of Israel. And the Bible says when the leaves are beginning to become tender and blossom, that was that's also prophesying about the coming back of Israel. 2000 years Israel was dispersed around the nations of the world. Who would have imagined a nation that was dispersed for 2000 years among the nations of the world that God would bring them back together. And yet the Bible says when the fig tree blossoms, it will be a sign of the end of times. Israel becoming a nation and it happened in 1947 and you know that the Bible is prophesying when you see 2000 years have gone by or from the birth pangs to the time of the coming of the Lord you know 2000 years have gone by which means the present time is towards the end of the end. We are just preparing maybe we are at the cusp of the verge of getting into a few years from now or maybe a few decades from now we're getting into the great tribute and church are you ready maybe in your time or your children's time there's going to be this great tribulation around the world where the antichrist they, they say that you know they unless you have the number of the antichrist on your forehead or on your arm you cannot buy yourself today things are advancing technology is advancing so much that it is coming to that you cannot buy yourself and all these things look at what is happening in science today and look at the bible you know we are living at the end of the birth pangs, we're living so close to the delivery, so close to the birth. And when we know, the Bible says, when you see the fig tree blossoming, you will know at that time that Jesus is at the door. That means Jesus coming is at the door. This is the sign. This is the time. The exact moment, nobody knows, but the signs around the exact moment we know no one knows Matthew 24 36 says but of that day no one knows even the angels of heaven not the son but the father alone but it goes on to say that time that season when Jesus is going to come back he gives a sign it's going to be like the times of Noah now if you study the times of Noah you got a tremendous clue for the son of man Matthew 24 37 to 39 the Bible says for the son of man will be just like the days of Noah for as the days of Noah before the flood they were eating and drinking marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark eating drinking marrying giving in marriage uh, they heard Noah preach about the flood for 100 years because the Bible says Noah took 100 years to build the ark they heard him preach but not one person other than Noah and his family got into the ark. In the same way, the Bible says in the last days, people will hear the gospel, but so many will reject the gospel. Why? They'll be comfortable with pleasure, with sin, with wickedness, all of that. And the Bible says, no ungodly, no immoral, no one that is disobeying the word of God will enter into the kingdom of God. It will be like the days of Noah, and when Noah entered the ark, and they did not understand until the flood came and took them all away, so will the coming of man be. Hallelujah. This is so amazing. After this is happening, you know, you know when this is happening, 
The great tribulation is on. Tribulation happens. At the end of that, Jesus is coming. The second coming is happening. And from the second coming onwards, Jesus is challenging the church. Now, I want you to go and I want you to be faithful till the end of time. He who endures till the end will be saved. Every battle, every tribulation, everything, Jesus wants you and me to endure till the end. So we saw in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 24, the signs of the, of the end time. So first, there is going to be an early phase and many, many years, maybe many hundreds of years or uh, a time from the, from, from the destruction of the temple until the tribulation begins. That entire season is a birth pang season where there are going to be wars, rumors of wars, the first world war, the second world war, many wars before that, nation against nation, all of that happens. Then the Bible says after that, there's going to be perilous times. And in that perilous times, uh, just even before that, the people, the love is going to grow cold. Many are going to betray one another. Many will leave the faith and the gospel will be preached till the ends of the earth. And then the tribulation sets in. At the time the tribulation setting in, many will die. Many will suffer. Many will be persecuted. But all these have timelines, have signs. The Bible says that the Antichrist is going to come and cause such havoc. And if that time had not been shortened, many of the elect also would not be able to be making it. So the Bible, Jesus says, I told you these things in advance and I want you to know, but I want you to be aware, this is the time that Jesus is coming. There's going to be a glorious return. Before his return, there's going to be signs of the sun and signs of the moon and signs of the stars. And, and then there's going to be a sign of the son of man coming in the heavens. And the Bible says and he will send his angels with great trumpet and gather together the elect from the four winds and the sign of the victory, Israel coming together and the signs of Noah and the signs of the end times. These are tremendous times. We see just how in these last days, it is just like the times of Noah. People of God, when you see this, I'm telling you it's time to in fear and trembling, believe and understand the word of the Lord that his Jesus is at the door. It may be a few years, it may be a few decades from now. You might think it may not be in your lifetime, but I want you to know it's not very far. It may be a few years or a few decades, but his coming is imminent. It is not very long. That which is done for the Lord shall stand. So when we look at that timeline, we have the, the birth bank spirit. Then we have the tribulation. In the tribulation, there is a tribulation. Then Jesus says there's a great tribulation. The great tribulation is the wrath of God poured out upon the people. Many, many millions will die. There's a great tribulation that is going to happen. Nation against nation. People will be killing each other. All kinds of things. Persecution un paralleled in history and so there's a tribulation and yet there's a great tribulation and i really believe god is going to save the church from the great tribulation and let's see even as the lord says it is at this time after jesus comes there is going to be the great battle of armageddon after the battle of armageddon the bible says is when the millennial rule comes and in this millennial rule for a thousand years jesus will be ruling and reigning and he's going to come with the army of saints. He's going to reign for thousands. Oh, what a glorious period that is going to be. It is at this time there will be the marriage supper of the Lamb. And if that is the case, this is why the Bible is saying, uh, you know, at, that the church, God is saying, uh, God wants the church to be blameless, holy, and set apart unto God. That we can live totally consecrated unto him. After this thousand year rule, the Bible says Satan will be let loose again for a season. 
and then Jesus will come and destroy the works of the devil, will take him and throw him into the lake of fire and the beast and Satan will be totally and completely destroyed. And then the Bible says after that is going to be the great white throne judgment. People of God, every tribe, every nation, every people will stand before that throne and everybody, including you and me, we will give account for our life. And the Bible says no immoral, no ungodly, nobody, no wicked, no nobody who, who practices all kinds of ungodly things will not be there, will not be in, 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 in glorious, in glory with Jesus Christ. But the Bible says they will be sent with the devil to the lake of fire. They're going to be sent where the lake of fire is. There's going to be a great white throne judgment. Are you ready for that white throne judgment? After the great white throne judgment, the Bible says in the book of Revelation at the end, Jesus is going to create a new heavens and a new earth. Hebrews chapter 12 also says, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. That's talking about the end times. And the Bible says the only thing that will remain will be the kingdom of God. If everything's going to be shaken, then what manner of life do you want to live? And I want to encourage you brothers and sisters today. Once the great white throne judgment is over, and we know everything else is going to be shaken, Every business, every household, every wealth, everything. In fact, today you're living in unprecedented times where you're getting a taste of everything being shaken. What kind of lives do you want to live? After the great white throne judgment, Jesus is going to create a new heaven and a new earth. And after the new heavens and new earth, the new Jerusalem is going to come down from heaven. And God has got a home prepared for you and for me. And we will be serving the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He, all the kingdoms of the world, will be the kingdoms of our God and he will reign eternally forever and ever and ever. There's going to be a state of eternal joy and peace in the presence of God forever and ever. He will be the light and either we know sun, no moon, he will be the light of everything. And what a glorious time it's going to be where we're going to see such peace because of God's presence. And I want to tell you today, if that is the case, and the Lord would say, consecrate yourself. Because wondrous times are coming, glorious times are coming. And if you will consecrate yourself, there is no telling what the Lord is going to do through your life and my life. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons, please do visit us at wicc.in.